What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roped In. I am, again, your host, John Roper. Haven't changed. Uh, episode six, and uh, before I kind of dive into the episode, I uh, just want to congratulate Spain. They beat England today 1-0. I'll be honest, I didn't watch the match live. It was on at 3 a.m., so that was not really happening. I did wake up, but I it watched me for most of it. But yes, Spain beat England 1-0 to win the Women's World Cup. Uh, the one sad part, this contradicts my prediction. I had England beating Spain 2-1 in the World Cup, but uh, congratulations to Spain all the way, and England were the runner-up. It was a really, really fun World Cup to watch. Um... But I might be diving into it later, so I don't want to get too much into it. But again, congratulations, Spain, for winning one nothing. Also, before I dive into it, Chelsea needs a new goalkeeper. There's a lot of things. I know with the squad right now, we, we, we could do with a lot of upgrades in a lot of areas. But it was pretty clear that Robert Sanchez isn't the guy this morning. We lost 3-1 to West Ham. Congratulations, Hammers. Uh, I don't want to take it away. You guys did play a good game. But yeah, we're... This could be a long season. I did predict, predict us to finish third. I still think that could happen. We could turn it around, but but matches like today didn't give us much hope. Um, but yes, either way, those were the two ones. But main one, congratulations to Spain. And coming up on today's episode is, do NBA athletes have too much power with the contract? Silly question. Um, I think a lot of you know the question or the answer from now. Uh, second is, should NBA prospects be allowed to join the NBA draft right out of high school? Um, there's that one and done rule and, and should that be abolished or, or should there be uh, high school athletes allowed? And finally, with the NFL season starting up, what I think I'm going to be doing for the next couple of episodes is top 10 rankings on position groups. Cause I actually just love to rank things. You guys might see that as the, uh, series goes on but uh, I will be ranking top 10 position groups and, and or sorry position groups and the top 10 within there and starting off might as well let's do the top 10 NFL quarterbacks so that's what's going on for today's episode if you're interested yay if not I get it and I'll see you next week um, but here we go let's dive right into it Those of you that are NBA fans or kind of just TSN fans, sports fans in general, uh, might know what's triggered this coming segment here. It is the standoff between James Harden and Daryl Morley and the Philadelphia 76ers uh, is what's triggering this segment of do NBA athletes have too much power when it comes to their contract and the teams. Um, for those of you that don't know, I will do a bit of a explaining. For those of you that do, I will be doing a recap. Uh, James Harden is doing a holdout right now with the Philadelphia 76ers. So basically he's saying, yeah, I know I want a contract. I'm not playing for you. Find a way to get me out of here. Uh, but we're going to kind of start very, or start very, we're going to start from the beginning. And to start off this offseason, I wouldn't say start off, but getting everything with there, um, Harden opted in for his $35.6 million contract with hopes of being traded. That was the, the big news report that we got. I believe it was end of June, but that was the news report that we got. Uh, it wasn't 100% that it was going to be traded, but that was that was everything I was reading was James Harden opts in for his contract and he's going to be traded. Uh, so, 
I don't want to give too much. I'm going to be explaining everything. But why I'm mentioning that is I do believe that there was some talks of, yes, we're going to find a way to trade you. We don't want to lose you for free. But come on back. We'll find a suitor that works for you. So, again, he opts in for a $35.6 million big contract with the hopes of being traded. Uh, I didn't guess that this was going to happen um, of him being traded to begin the year or begin last year. Uh, he had a really good relationship with Daryl Morty. He had forced his way out of Brooklyn to come to Philadelphia. Um, he's paired up with Joel Embiid. Uh, again, I, I didn't really think it was going to happen. Um, he took a, a discounted, I'm doing air quotes on that one, a discounted revised deal to bring in people like P.J. Tucker and Montrez Harrell. So you could tell, I wouldn't say selfish because, again, he was making a lot of money, but he, he took a bit of a, a selfless decision on that one to give money back to the organization to bring in star players to try and win that ring that he's been chasing. Didn't really work out that great. They, they weren't clicking all, all together, and I think it was around Christmas time, if I remember correctly, that Harden really started getting linked to the Houston Rockets. Um, that kind of continued all the way throughout the season. And then the Philadelphia 76ers, like the past couple of years, get knocked out early in the playoffs. Don't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone fight for that finals ring that they've been trying to get. So it was big belief that Harden was not going to be coming back to Philadelphia. However, again, being linked to Houston, Houston went out and signed those big deals in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. Uh, I did cover that in a previous episode. I can't remember the big money on there, but Van Vliet and Brooks got crazy amounts of money for Houston Rockets, um, which made them kind of fall out of the picture in the James Harden race, if you want to say. Um, so again, he had requested a trade, and at this point, the New York Knicks and the LA Clippers were the two teams, if I remember correctly, that were the big front runners in the James Harden race, the James Harden saga. But the Knicks did fall out of the picture. Um, they they went out and they got Dante DiVincenzo to pair up with um, Josh Hart. Uh, Played the same position. Yes, Harden's a lot better. But a couple of things. Knicks weren't really in the running after a while. Uh, LA still kind of is to this day. Uh, but they don't really want to trade one of their stars to get James Harden. Because their stars are really, really good at defense. James Harden is not really, really good at defense. Um, so... The Clippers are still in the picture, but again, the trade's not really working out. Uh, I believe that when this all kind of started again, James Harden opted in, that the Sixers thought it was going to be an easier trade than it is. So they didn't want to lose him for free. Therefore, they said, yeah, opt in for this deal and we'll totally trade you. Um, now they're finding out it's not that easy because James Harden doesn't have the value they thought he did and he's getting paid $35.6 million. Um, so... Yeah, I think the 76ers also put themselves into this situation. Uh, they're not afraid of holdouts, clearly. Um, ben Simmons held out three years ago. I believe he held out basically for a full year. Uh, James Harden's also not afraid of a, a holdout and a demand. Uh, he's done it two other successful times. He forced his way out of Houston, um, used his fat suit to get out of Houston and get him all the way to Brooklyn. What was it? The fat suit in Brooklyn. Either way, he got out of Houston, went to Brooklyn, um, that was one where he teamed up with Durant and Kyrie Irving. And I think it was one of those, well, I don't think Durant built that team and I'm going to be getting into that, but, uh, Harden didn't really work out. Didn't really go the way he thought it would. So 
forced himself out of Brooklyn again, ended up in Philadelphia. So both times he ended up on the team he wanted. So clearly he's not afraid of doing a holdout. So you've got two sides that aren't afraid of doing a holdout to get what they want in the end. Um, so this kind of holdout and trade scenario is interesting to look at because, again, I'm a Miami Heat fan. I'm very hopeful that we're going to get Damian Lillard this offseason. But it's interesting watching the, the polar too because James Harden has come out and said, I'm not playing for Daryl Morey ever again. He was in China on some press conference, mentioned that. Um, so clearly the relationship between Daryl Morey and James Harden is ruined and he's he's getting out of there, whether he's going to get traded soon or not, but he's not playing for Philadelphia. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so it's interesting, again, the, the difference because Damian Lillard, from what I can read, isn't doing as many crazy things. I wouldn't say from what I can read. It's pretty obvious he's not, but I haven't seen many put my foot down. You have to do this kind of thing. Yes, his agent's done some crazy things, and I think he did direct his agent. So let me take that back a little bit because there was that quote that if you trade for my uh, Lillard, you're only getting an unhappy player. So he's basically only going to play for Miami. I really hope that one works out. But again, he's not making as much of a, a wave in the media, I guess, as James Harden is with this Philadelphia 76ers scenario. And why I wanted to recap all of this is because I think that NBA players have too much power. Where I do want to say, I think that Philadelphia dug this hole a little bit. I do think that they guaranteed a trade and they're not following through on that. I don't think James Harden is just being unrealistic for no reason and he's not saying these things for no reason. But I also believe that you signed this contract, you opted in for the deal, you probably knew the consequences and it's $35.6 million. Suck it up. You've got a good team. Philadelphia's on a good team. Play it out and then be a free agent. If you didn't want this situation, join the team you want to join. Don't have to re-sign. I also think Harden was a bit, I wouldn't say greedy, but he wanted the $35.6 million. I don't think he would have been signed for that in the free agent market. So he knew why he had to opt in. So it's not like, oh, I'm doing this for you, Philadelphia. He wanted the $35.6 million. So him holding out is showing that these NBA players have too much power because he's done it twice before. Kevin Durant has also done a trade request from Brooklyn after building Brooklyn. That's another one. So the players can build a team that they want. I wouldn't say all the players. It's the big superstars. But things like what LeBron James does. Basically, every franchise LeBron James do, he's the GM, like everyone says. He builds the team he wants, which I think is a bit ridiculous that a player could do that. I understand. Keep your star players happy, but I don't know. Not the shut up and dribble, I don't like that quote, but it's the GM's the one out there building the team, not the player. Because what happens is the player builds a team to his liking, and then when it doesn't work, oh, I'm going to leave. LeBron's done that like, what, three times now? Built Miami, left Miami, built Cleveland, left Cleveland. Doing the same thing to LA right now. Um, Kevin Durant, uh, when he got to Brooklyn, he basically built a team he wanted to. He brought in Kyrie Irving. He brought in James Harden. After that didn't work out, he then forced his way out of Brooklyn. Now, where I'm going to say Brooklyn kind of got some good pieces out of that trade, so it's not completely devastating for Brooklyn. They've gotten a good rebuild going on. But still, it's these star players that come in, do what they want, and force their wear out that I think is getting a bit ridiculous. 
Chris Ball has also successfully forced his way out of a couple of teams. I know there's a lot more stars that I'm not mentioning, but it's I'm not a fan that that these stars can do this. Um, not to say be a man of your word, but I, I think you just got to hold your end of the bargain. You got to realize that I'm signing this contract, getting a lot of money, and I'm playing a sport. It's not that that crazy. Um, Bradley Beal, not that he forced his way out. He he didn't he didn't do crazy things. I think he did it in a respectful way. But again, he basically said trade me to Phoenix, and they traded him to Phoenix. Um, where I think this is going is it could create a wave in the future. I think people like I mentioned them in, in previous podcasts as well. Luka Doncic, depending on what happens with this Kyrie Irving pairing in Dallas, he could eventually force his way out. Joel Embiid, again, depending on what goes on in Philadelphia, he can force his way out. Um, other people, just because they're stars on big teams and it's the way NBA is going. Zach Levine out of Chicago, Carl Anthony Towns out of Minnesota, Trey Young in Atlanta. I could see them all being people that, that try and force their way out of teams. Which I don't like. I, I think it's one where play your contract out, and if you're going to be a free agent, then you'll be a free agent. And if your team doesn't want to lose you, then they can try and trade you. But things like, and again, it's a specific scenario, but opting in for a deal and then forcing a trade is a bit ridiculous. Again, I do think that Philadelphia guaranteed a trade that they're not following through on. But you got to understand the, I'm doing air quotes again, the risk when you're signing a contract like that. It's a lot of money to play basketball, and it's not a guarantee you're going to be traded, and it's only for one year. Play it out, and then sign somewhere else. Now, I know I say that, and it's also sports. I do understand that who's to say he doesn't get a season-ending injury signs for a lot less next year. So you take the money you can when you can get it. I get that scenario, but I don't like forcing your way out of trades. Um, I also see the other side of wouldn't you want to work with your friends? I mean, the NBA is a corporation. I'm using the bank as an example. One of my good friends works at another branch. Yes, I would love to work with him. If I could force my way into that and be like, hey, CEO, get me over to that branch or I'm not working for you. Doesn't work like that in the real world, which is why I think it's a bit ridiculous in basketball. It is a job. Um, but I do understand the wanting to work with your friends. I do get that aspect, especially... Friends that are also very, very good at what you do and can help you achieve the ultimate goal in your league, corporation, sport. Um, so I do get the side and I know that media doesn't get the entire story and there's a lot of things that happen behind closed doors and things built up with franchises and superstars get promised a lot of things that might not follow through. I'm sure Bradley Beal was promised a lot of rebuild opportunities that didn't go through and then this was enough's enough. Same thing with Damian Little in Portland. So I get it's a two-way street, but my big thing on it all, both sides hold up the end of the deal. If you sign a two-year deal, play your two years out. If you're unhappy, that's unfortunate. You got yourself into this. I get it. You can respectfully try and request your way out of it. I'm not saying don't ask for a trade, but don't be a baby. Take the money. Play your contract out. If you get traded, great. If not, Walk in the offseason, go where you want to go, don't opt in because you want the money and then get upset because you've opted in and now you're getting the money but you don't want to play for the money. Um, so yes, it's that's my take on it all. I do think the NBA athletes have way too much power in this league. I just think that both sides need to hold it up. And again, I'm not putting it all on the NBA athletes. I do know that the 
the teams put them into these situations, but to basically be a, a baby tamper or baby temper tantrum is a bit ridiculous. So that's my take on it all. Let me know what you think. And uh, maybe it's because I've never been a fan of James Harden, but uh, I just don't think it's a good look. And I don't think teams are looking at it being like, oh, yeah, there's a player I want to go for. <laughs> I've got another confession to make about drink break time. It's also social media break time for John, and he gets to scroll through social media. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have found one of my favorite pages recently. Uh, it's at Treads Chirps, so shout out to you. Um, but I'm going to play a couple here. It's a guy that is hilarious with his chirps at baseball games. So here's a few of them. Again, all the credit goes to at Treads Chirps. He's hilarious. Give him a follow. So here are a couple. Hey, JJ! I bet you say whoopsie-daisy when you drop things, you bum! And then you have... Hey, Pro Bar! I hear you still take the front seat when someone calls shotgun, you bum! Hey! <laughs> One of my other favorite ones. Okay, but not only does he chirp the opposing team, he's also actually very, very nice to his team. So, there's this one here. I bet you always notice when someone gets a haircut, you stunt! So, yeah. Again, give him a follow, at Trev's Chirps. He's absolutely hilarious. He is a Giants fan, but oh my god, is he funny. Um, but yes, either way, our second segment, again, is... Uh, is the one-and-done rule ineffective? Should people be allowed to go out of high school? Um, I'm going to get right into it. So for those of you that don't know and aren't crazy NBA fans, you used to be able to get drafted right out of high school, but now you can. You need to be one year removed from high school. I don't think the age requirement is there anymore because if I'm correct, Jalen Duran was 18 years old when he was in the league, so I think they've dropped that down to 18 now, but you need to be a year removed from high school before you could enter the NBA draft. Um, this didn't used to always be a thing. So back when the NBA was going on, you used to be able to get drafted right out of high school. Notable players that were drafted out of high school, uh, LeBron James to the Cavs, Kobe to the Lakers. I mean, two of them are in the GOAT conversation. I don't want to dive into that because that is definitely going to be one that I do with a couple of people in a conversation. But again, LeBron and Kobe, who are in the GOAT conversation, were both out of high school. Um... Some other notable players, Kevin Garnett, Dwight Howard, Amari Stoudemire, Tracy McGrady, Jason Kidd. Um, those are some big names in there. Um, but while I was going through it, I mean, there's a lot of them in there. So these names might be basically gibberish to a bunch of you, but NBA fans are going to know them. Rashard Lewis, uh, Jermaine O'Neal. There was a lefty that went to Atlanta, Josh Smith. Al Harrington, uh, J.R. Smith, one of uh, my favorite people out there or athletes out there, but J.R. Smith. Uh, Gerald Green, he's a high flyer. He's had that crazy windmill dunk for the Nets. Uh, a lot of crazy dunks, but Gerald Green. Um, he's now in the social media circle, or not social media, the media media circle. Uh, Kendrick Perkins came right out of high school. And now I know he didn't have the greatest career, as a couple of us know. He won, I mean, great player. On some great teams, but stats, meh. Either way, Kendrick Perkins was also out of high school. Uh, another player I remember coming out of high school was Dorel Wright. 
can't say he's a name that maybe a lot of people would know. One of the reasons I remember him is, one, he got drafted to the Miami Heat. And two, he came out of South Kent. Fun fact about John, I went to Kent High School. It was a boarding school in Connecticut. And Darrell Wright went to South Kent, just down the road, um, and got drafted to the Miami Heat. Tyson Chandler was another big-name high school person that got drafted. Um, there was also a lot of legends that got drafted. So uh, I'm going to go through them because I didn't know a couple of them. Wilt Chamberlain was drafted out of high school. Daryl Dawkins. Um, Kareem the Dream. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The Big O, Oscar Robinson. Uh, Bill Walton. Sean Kemp. Magic Johnson. Uh, all these big names came out of high school. But Amir Johnson was the last one in 05. He was the last high school player drafted, um, again, in 05. Because in 2006, they came up with a new, a new rule that you must go to college for a year. Um, they did this because they wanted to, again, air quotes, raise the level of play. I think that's a bit Bolsheviki, um, if you ask me. Uh, again, you have two people that are, in, in my eyes, top three, if not top five of the GOAT conversation. Uh, but I think it's LeBron, Kobe, or MJ. MJ takes the cake, but we can get into that. Uh, again, uh, that's where I think it's a bit ridiculous that you wanted to raise the level of play, but we're getting these superstars out of high school. Uh, a couple of these guys are in the Hall of Fame that I mentioned. I mean, there's some really all-star level players coming out of high school. So to say we wanted to raise the level of play... I think was a bit ridiculous, and why I think is because I think the NCAA, with the little knowledge that I have, is one of the more, I don't want to say corrupt, but money-hungry organizations out there, and they made that decision because they wanted the athletes to go to college so the college programs could profit off them for at least a year. Um, again, NCAA makes a lot of money off this, and before NILs were a thing, they got all the money, so... Everything came their way. And then March Madness is a huge tournament that makes a lot of money. So again, brings the viewers when these star players have to go to college for a year and have to be in this tournament. I wouldn't say they have to be in the tournament, but if they're good enough, they're going to be in it. Now, I don't want to say they have to. March Madness and the NCAA system has a lot of attractive features to it. And now that NIL is a thing, which I'll get into, um, name and image likeness paying for those that don't know NIL. Uh, now that that's a thing, I think the NCAA is a, a good league, league, a good organization that people can go to to get into the NBA and now make money. Um, and again, even before the NIL was a thing, you do get a lot of stuff out of college. I mean, most of them were getting a free education. They didn't take the education. That's why I thought when they, they made this rule... At the time, when it was the only rule, one and done to me was silly. What's the point of doing one and done? Might as well make it like football. Well, I think football has to do three, which maybe is too much. But might as well make it two. Get that diploma. At least make it seem like we're doing this for education, not just doing this for profits. So at the time, I always thought, if you're going to do it, might as well make it two. But it was only one year. Um, but they, again, in 2006, they took that away. But the NBA and the NBPA, which is the NB, the National Basketball Players Association, are in talks to bring it back to allow you to be drafted out of high school. Um, I can't say I'm as hard of a stance on this anymore. If you had asked me this a few years ago, I would have said 100% bring it back. If you're good enough to play, get in it, which is, is still my stance. But 
Why I'm going to say I've, I've eased up on it a little bit is there's a lot of new paths into the NBA that weren't there before. Um, things like the NBA G League Ignite have players like Scoot Henderson and those people have gone into it. Now, I don't know the exact league. It might be the G League. I can't fully remember. But the Thompson Twins that got drafted this year, I think they went 4-5. and five. Um, I'm huge high on them. I, I love the Thompson Twins. But again, uh, they came out of one of these other developmental leagues. You've got the Euro League. You've got the National Basketball League down under in Australia. Um, all these different ways to get in. So now you see some players that aren't necessarily going. I think Brandon Jennings was one of the pioneers when he went over to play in Italy. He said, nope, I'm not going to go to the NCAA. I want to start making money. So he actually went over to Italy. I think it was only for a year, and then he went to the draft. So... He was one of the pioneers that started it all. Um, might not be a big name that a lot of you know. Oh my goodness. I hope you guys can't hear Milo. He's crying so much. I'm so close to finishing the segment. Uh, I shouldn't say so close, but when I finish the segment, I'm going to be getting his ball. So if you can hear him in the background, bear with me. Please, Milo, bear with me. I love you. Um, but again, Brandon Jennings was our pioneer to it all. Um, but again, there's now these other paths to get into the NBA that... College isn't the only route you have to go anymore, so I'm not as dead set on, yeah, let them come out of high school because you can now make your money other ways. And now that you can make money off name and image and likeness, I don't think it makes the NCAA such a terrible thing anymore. Because yes, the NCAA does this to profit off them, but now that the athletes can also profit, is there a big, big whoop to it? So you got people like Bronny James right now who's going to USC. He has about 13.5 million followers across all of his social media. I think that could be combined. Um, and he's somewhere around a net value of like $6 million already. A lot of it, yes, is his dad's LeBron James. But again, he's making this money already when he wasn't able to before. So going to college isn't a huge thing. Now people could see things in March Madness or players with alma maters, or you just have a college you like, you could go there and make money now. So potentially him with USC. He probably wanted to go to USC for a long time, and now that you can make money, why not do that before you go to the NBA? Um, Duke's got a star right now. He's around a million dollars for net value. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal's got another son. He had a son, Sharif O'Neal, that went to LSU that I don't know if he really made many NBA teams. He might be on some kind of G League or, or performing somewhere or potentially a role player. Um, but Shaq has another son, Shakir O'Neal, plays at Texas Southern. Um, again, I don't know how great he is, but he makes around 750k a year. Canada's got a really uh, a huge guy, Zach Eady. He's around like seven foot six. Uh, he's in Purdue. He makes around 750k on the name of Jim likeness deals. Um, I think when I was looking it up, there's around 50 players. With a 100K net value, like at least a six-figure net value in the college system right now. So again, because of this, with the name and gym and likeness, it's not a huge hit to it. Because you can now make money in the NCAA. So going there isn't a huge thing. So again, I can't say I care too much about the the high school thing with, with these other routes to make money before you get to the league. However, my final state on it is I'm going to say, yes, I think they should allow it to, to come straight out of high school. Now, with this, 
I'm no longer saying that you should change the rule to go to two years in high school. I mean, in college, because it's now just a money way to get into there. So the one year out of high school, I mean, the one year in college isn't a huge thing to me anymore. But I think you should be allowed out of high school. I've always been on the sense of if you're good enough, you're good enough. Let the person play in the league. Basketball isn't as physically taxing as the leagues like football and, and hockey are. So I can't say the physical development needs to be there. If you can fly out of the roof and you can play, you can play. Plus, these days, high school athletes are crazy developed and strong that, yes, I think they can compete in the NBA at 18. Um, I've also always been one where I don't want to run the risk of an injury. Uh, I never want to go for the worst. But, yes, somebody could go to the NCAA, blow out their Achilles, and they're never going to sign the contract. Now, where... I also think it's a little tricky. I wouldn't say tricky, but it does. It's unfortunate for teams that when you draft somebody or you sign somebody and they get a serious injury, you still have to pay them. I don't want to say it's wrong. The players get what they deserve, but it is unfortunate. Um, so that's where I've always been. If you're good enough, you're good enough. Get into the league. Get the money while you can. You can always get your education late year, but if you blow out an Achilles, you can't play in the NBA later. I can go to college at 60 years old and get a degree. I can't play in the NBA at 60 years old. So I've always been one. I think you should be allowed out of high school. But because there are these other routes and these other ways to make money, and now the national, or the <laughs> national, the name and image and likeness deals in NCAA, it's not a huge thing to me anymore. But as I've said five times recently, I'll say it one last time to wrap up this segment. Yes, I think that you should be allowed into the NBA out of high school. And this was all started because the corrupt NCAA wanted money but I'm glad to see that players have found other routes into the NBA and here we are for the third and final segment of the day um, every episode so far has been a three segment episode I can't say that's necessarily the theme I've been going for it's it's what I jot down every time it's it's more the the time that I'm talking and, and what I'm discussing that that's really my my limiters on this, but it seems to be working out that it's three segments per episode. But let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you think I'm going too in detail on segments and if I need to do more five or six different topics and shorten them down, or if you're happy with the way it is, or maybe just make them longer episodes. But I kind of just picked certain times where I'm like, this is good kind of commute to and from, or start your day off, or kind of just that begin the week. Uh, podcast for a lot of people which is why I time it for Sunday nights and things but let me know what you guys think um, I've always been the kind of person that's not to like and subscribe and comment and let you, let me know what you think but now that I'm in this yeah like and subscribe but let me know what you think in the comments um, but here we are again the third comment or the third segment is the top 10 NFL quarterbacks so as I mentioned to begin the podcast what I think I want to be doing is ranking position groups uh, as the season has started or is starting up um so yeah uh, i think next week i'm going to be trying to do this or i'd not think because i've said that i'm going to be having a guest on in the next three podcasts and surprise surprise this is the final segment and i don't have a guest on so it's going to be happening next episode this is one where i think i'm going to be adding other people in to get other people's takes on their top 10 but today you got just me and who i think are the top 10 which realistically is the top nine after Patrick Mahomes, spoiler alert. So that starts it off. Patrick Mahomes is number one. I think he would be number one on everybody's list. And if he's not, you're wrong. Patrick Mahomes 
Completed 67% of his passes last year, threw for over 5,000 yards, 41 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, won the Super Bowl, amazing talent. I think if he continues this kind of a career, he's going to be in the GOAT conversation. Um, one of the big things is he did it without Tyreek Hill. That was where I think a lot of historic quarterbacks have done well with the coach and the wide receiver pairing. That was what I said with Tom Brady for a long time in New England. But I don't want to take it away from them. They are great quarterbacks. When you put them in a good system with good people around them, they're going to perform. And Patrick Mahomes is in a good system with Andy Reid, and he's got some talented people around him, and he did it again without Tyreek Hill. So Patrick Mahomes, unquestionable, number one, whether you like him or not, he's got that talent. He has to be number one on everyone's list. Rest of it is where a bit of kind of debate can come into. I think number two is the same number two for a lot of people, but for me, it's Joe Burrow. Cool Joe, um, 68% of his passes, Four and a half thousand yards, 35 touchdowns, 12 interceptions last year. Now, he does benefit from the best wide receiver core in the league. But I think Joe Burrow, without that, is just an overall great player. He's Again, he's cool under pressure. He's, he's a winner. He's brought the Bengals to back-to-back AFC championships, so he's proven that he can do it. Um, I mean, the nickname Arrowhead for a while, Burrowhead, or at least the Bengals fans did, um, but that in itself is something to go into to Arrowhead and win while at the number one quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, is doing what he's doing. So Joe Burrow is a great quarterback on a great team, and I think he's number two. Number three, uh, staying up in the kind of northern area of uh, America, uh, not in the north, but AFC East, is Josh Allen out of Buffalo. I mean, he had 63% of his passes. Uh Four and a quarter thousand passing yards, 35 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, but he's also a dual threat quarterback. The highest ranked dual threat quarterback in my eyes was 750 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. And he's just got an absolute cannon of an arm. Um, coming out of the, the, coming into the draft in 2018, people said he was a bit out of control. He just had that big arm. But I think he's really put it together. He's developed into a really good quarterback. He's got a good relationship there with Stephon, or I shouldn't say relationship, but a good thing going with Stephon Diggs. They put up a lot of numbers together. But yeah, Josh Allen's my number three. Number four, I've got Jalen Hurts. I think this is the same top four for everybody. Two, three, two through four could be in different orders, but mine is Jalen Hurts from my E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Uh, Sorry, I know it's a bit cringe for a lot of people, but I'm an Eagles fan, so let's go Eagles, let's go Birds. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Yay! Yes, Jalen Hurts is number four. He completed 66% of his passes. Less yardage. He only had about 3.7 thousand yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. But big rushing attack on the ground. He He's one of the better option quarterbacks, I think, in the league. He also had around 750 rushing yards, but he had 13 touchdowns. Yes, he's got a good offense around him, but I think Jalen Hurts has just gotten better at every single level he's been on. Um, and I think he's going to continue to get better, and I think he's going to bring a Super Bowl to Lincoln Financial Field and Philadelphia. Number five, uh, this one was tough between five and six. I'm actually going to go Lamar Jackson. Um, some of it's maybe a personal favorite, but I think Lamar Jackson is the fifth best quarterback. He's the best scrambling quarterback, but he completed 62% of his passes, 
He only had two and a half thousand, or sorry, two point two thousand yards, seventeen touchdowns to seven interceptions, so not a great ratio. Seven hundred and fifty rushing yards on the ground, but he only played in twelve games, so he missed five games and still put up all of that. I think he would have put up similar Jalen Hurts passing numbers with obviously more interceptions because he had more at the time, but would have easily been over a thousand yards again. He's a thousand yard rusher basically every year he steps out there and can put up three and a half thousand receiving yards, if not four thousand, if you give him the opportunities, but you've also got to add in the run game so you can't do everything. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is the best dual threat quarterback out there. Um, He's my favorite player. Um, So, again, I've got him at number five. People might have him a little bit lower, but I think Lamar Jackson, when healthy, is great. Yes, he's got his injury issues, so that's one of the things that hurts. But he's the fifth best quarterback to me. And number six, where I had debate, is Justin Herbert. He is over there in the uh, Chargers in L.A., uh, so he completed 68% of his passes, 4.75 thousand yards last year, 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. But to start his career, he's had a 94 to 35 touchdown to interception ratio, which is amazing. He basically gets four and a half to 5,000 yards every year. Where I drop him down a little bit is he hasn't done a lot of crazy playoff success. I think with playoff success, he'd be a lot higher up because he's team is good and he's putting up these crazy numbers, but hasn't shown in the playoff, which to me drops him down to number six on the list. Number seven, I've got Trevor Lawrence. Now, last year, Trevor Lawrence completed 66% of his passes, threw for over 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns to eight interceptions, also had five rushing touchdowns. Now, he's one of the generational talents. He came out of Clemson. Uh, I think he had his best year last year, and he's only going to get better under Doug Peterson. And with these new weapons, Calvin Ridley's only going to make him look better. Evan Ingram's now on that team, and I'm happy. I've got Evan Ingram in a sleeper league, and I'm actually thinking about keeping him as a sleeper. Um, So anybody that's in a sleeper league that's in that one with me, spoiler, I might keep Evan Ingram. It's weird to think of a tight end. I'm not going to get into fantasy football. Um, But yes, Evan Ingram... Calvin Ridley on this Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think Trevor Lawrence is amazing, can eventually climb up this list, but those names above him, it's going to be tough to pass. But I've got him at number seven, and he's going to be a top 10 quarterback for, I think, his entire career. Now, who I've got at number eight, I don't want to be too biased on whether I like him or not, but I think I have it as Aaron Rodgers. Now, I don't like Aaron Rodgers too much, but he had 64% of his passes last year. 3.7 thousand yards, 26 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions, and that was a down year. Now, a down year to him is still a great year to people like Donovan McNabb. Now, yes, the passing game has changed, so Donovan McNabb probably would have threw for over 4,000 yards, but as an Eagle fan, he never threw for over 4,000 yards. I actually don't think we have an Eagles quarterback that's thrown for over 4,000 yards. So 3.7 thousand yards is still amazing. Um, and again, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still great. He's on the New York Jets. Now he's got Garrett Wilson. I think he's a bit of a diva. Hard knock suits him amazingly over there in New York. But again, I don't want to be biased on whether I like the guy or not. I think that Trev- I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a top 10 quarterback. I just think that those younger guys are a bit more dynamic, a bit more playmaking ability and and for the future, can do more. I don't want to say I'm, I'm building for the future in this list, but I would pick those quarterbacks over Aaron Rodgers, but I do have Aaron Rodgers as the eighth best quarterback.
Nine, I've got Justin Fields. This one, I'm very biased on. A lot of people are going to think I'm very crazy. He hasn't put it together, but I think that it's a lot of what's around him. I don't think that he's been on a great Chicago offense. The the running backs haven't really performed, so it's not like you can you can say you've got a crazy running back to take some of the defensive pressure away. Their offensive line hasn't been amazing. Hasn't had amazing receivers around him, but I think it's starting to change. He has dazzled. He's shown that he's also an amazing dual threat quarterback, the second best in the league behind Lamar Jackson. But last year, he completed 60% of his passes, over 2,000 passing yards, 17 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, so one of the worst ratios of the people in the top 10, but over 1,000 rushing yards and 8 touchdowns on the ground. Played in 15 games, so I think he could have gotten closer to the 3,000 passing yards. Yep, I've always liked him. Um, he was on a Netflix show that I really liked, and I've kind of followed his career all the way through, went to Ohio State. But now he's got DJ Moore, and I think with Cole Quebec getting better as a tight end, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney's in that receiving core. If the running backs can figure it out and get some of the pressure off of that passing game, I think Justin Fields is going to show why I think I have him in the top 10. Again, shocker to those people in the sleeper league. He's in my sleeper uh, along with Jalen Hurts, and I might keep two sleepers. I don't know. Either way, um, moving on to number 10. This one pains me to say it, but I have to put him in there. I can't be biased. He is playing in the league, and it's Deshaun Watson. Now, I hate Deshaun Watson as a person because of recent law allegations, what he went through. I wouldn't say recent. He missed all of last year. Because he's a creep and he asked masseuse to touch him in weird areas. And he did that a lot to a lot of masseuses and they called him out. And his team Houston Texans said, nope, we don't want you around. I think Houston also had a part to do with it. But they were playing the good side. So they said, we don't want you around. And he left Cleveland signing for a crazy year. But anyway, NFL suspended him. I don't want to get too much into the law case. Because that could be something I talk about in a future podcast. But Deshaun Watson, before he was suspended was arguably the best statistical quarterback in the league. Completed 70% of his passes, nearly threw for 5,000 yards, had 33 touchdowns to 7 interceptions, also had 440 yards on the ground. So statistically, could have been argued as the best quarterback the year before he was suspended. Absolutely hate the guy, but he's on a good Browns team. And if he can put up... 75% of the production where, because he has missed a year of football, which I think is going to hurt. But if he could put up 75% of the production that he did in that year that I just mentioned, that's why I've got him in the top 10. He was showing that he's a great quarterback and he was on a dysfunctional Houston Texans team. So for that reason, I've got him in the top 10 and I do hate him. It pains me to say it. Honorable mention who I wanted to put in the top 10 because I don't hate him but I just don't think it's statistically as good. Kirk Cousins, to me, is number 11. I know I said it was top 10, but I am mentioning my honorable mention, and it was Kirk Cousins. Um, other people that others might have in their top 10, Dak Prescott, but he's not in mine. Others that I don't think are in others' top 10, but again, honorable mentions. Jared Goff got a hard rap, but I think he's a good quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa is a good quarterback, so they're honorable mentions. But again, my top 10, number one, Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Joe Burrow. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Jalen Hurts. Number five, Justin Herbert. I'm going to start over. If people aren't football fans and um, 
you're still somehow in this segment. I'll start over and let you know the teams they play for. So if you somehow do watch, you can be like, oh, hey, I know that guy. John talked about him. So number one, Patrick Mahomes on the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, Joe Burrow on the Cincinnati Bengals. Number three, Josh Allen on the Buffalo Bills. Number four, Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. Number five, Justin Herbert with the LA Chargers. Nope, sorry, that's a lie. That's how I had things written down, but I changed it mid-talk. Number five, I had Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. And number six, I had Justin Herbert of the LA Chargers. Number seven, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number eight, Aaron Rodgers on his new team, the New York Jets. Number nine, Justin Fields on Chicago Bears. And number 10, Deshaun Watson for Cleveland Browns. I think Justin Fields is the one on mine that might not be on a lot of people's. But again, there's my top 10. That's my take. And uh, next week, I'm going to be doing the top 10 NFL running backs, hopefully with some people. So there you have it. And here we are at the end of another episode of Roped In. Again, I'm your host, John Roper. Thank you so much for listening. I am having so much fun doing this. I've said that a million times, and I'll say it a million times more. Um, I'm doing this for fun, but if I could turn this into a career, then great. But thank you all so much for listening. I've, I've got nothing but positive feedback. Yeah, I know it's from friends and family. You might just be saying it, but if it is genuine, great. Um, but even if it's not genuine, thank you for being kind. Um, yes, this podcast has been great. Um, but one of the small... I shouldn't say small, but one of the kind of truth bombs I'm going to drop on you guys is I didn't think I was going to be able to talk this much, but I can talk a lot more than I thought I could. I know I'm passionate about sports, so I knew I could talk about sports, but I'll be honest, I cut this episode close. I took a crazy nap on my couch. People that know me, people that have lived with me, John Roper is a professional napper. I think I get that from my father, but because of that, I started recording this podcast a little bit late, and again, I want to hold myself accountable to things. So as I said, I was going to be dropping these episodes at 5 p.m. on Sundays. I kid you not, guys, it is 4.50. So I am quickly wrapping up a bit of editing. I am sorry if this doesn't sound great or there are other things. Again, I'm cutting it close. Um, But I could talk a lot more than I thought I could. And it's just, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm having people on here. I think next week I'm going to be having people on for my top 10 NFL running back segment. So stick tuned for that one. And if you guys have things you want me to talk about or have opinions on things I've already talked about, you think I'm crazy on it, let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm always down for the the fans opinion. Um, so yeah, I hope you all have a great week. And uh, as always, Hakuna Matata. <laughs>